from the Sony Pictures Studios, this is Celebrity Jeopardy. And now, here's the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Johnny. Welcome to Celebrity Jeopardy. We've got three wonderful celebrities playing for charity. That's not Alex Trebek. It's Will Ferrell in an iconic sketch on Saturday Night Live, which was a parody of Celebrity Jeopardy. We talked about this sketch and the subsequent brilliant Black Jeopardy with Kenan Thompson in our last episode. If you haven't listened to that one yet, go back. SNL's very first Celebrity Jeopardy sketch hit the airwaves on December 7th, 1996, only four years after the real Celebrity Jeopardy was first broadcast. The concept was so successful that SNL writers repeated it 15 times over the years. I mean, come on, how often has that happened? Will Ferrell played an often irritated Alex Trebek. A range of SNL cast members and guest hosts played celebrity contestants like Neil Patrick Harris or Kathy Lee Gifford, and some of these impressions, they were spot on. Here's Winona Ryder doing Bjork. Sometimes when I look at my veins and my hands, they remind me of these two snakes that laugh. (laughs) Amy Poehler as a tiny dog-toting Sharon Osbourne. And Jim Carrey in a surprise cameo as Matthew McConaughey. What are any of us doing here? <laughs> Whether I get your question right or wrong, free will is an illusion. Life is a game that plays us. The comedic shtick was simple. Fame is not usually a contest of wits, and Hollywood is not usually seen as the smartest town in America. But it was more than that. The sketch was playing off the idea that celebrity rewards things like looks and charm, whereas Jeopardy! has always been a celebration of knowledge over everything. In many of the celebrity Jeopardy! sketches, Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek held extremely low expectations of the contestants. Let's take a look at the board. The categories are continents, theater, Potpourri, potent potables, numbers, words that rhyme with dog, and finally, the Renaissance. And you know what? Let's just replace that last category with shapes. Even with the host dropping hints, the contestants usually ended up in the red. But as much as his SNL counterpart was fed up with celebrity contestants, the real Alex Trebek he saw the real Celebrity Jeopardy for its true value and potential. Putting celebrities on the Jeopardy set gave actors, comedians, news anchors, and politicians the chance to step away from their everyday roles and be seen in a new light as Jeopardy contestants. Luminaries of the silver and small screen could dominate the buzzer, star athletes could put their intelligence to the test, and perhaps most importantly, Fans could enjoy the novelty of seeing a loudmouth comedian, White House press secretary, and best-selling novelist face off against each other. Sometimes, these appearances would even open up a new portal of fandom, allowing celebrities to be seen in a whole new way. 
If regular Jeopardy was for everyday smart people to make it big, Celebrity Jeopardy was a chance for famous folks to show they had smarts too. If going on David Letterman was a way for a celebrity to arrive, so was an appearance on Celebrity Jeopardy. Plus, think about those ratings. I'm your host, Buzzy Cohen, and from Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV, this is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This week, we revisit some of the most star-studded Jeopardy games of all time and hear from one champion who's never lost a game of Celebrity Jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Back in the Art Fleming days of Jeopardy, sometimes for a funny stunt, famous faces would make appearances. Here's Art Fleming introducing a special guest. But now, my friends, I'd like you all to meet a very devoted fan of Jeopardy. He's also one of the most talented men in the entertainment business. Here he is in his most famous comic creation, the 2,000-year-old man, Mr. Mel Brooks. By the way, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner originally created this comedic sketch about a 2,000-year-old man back in the 50s. This clip is from 1972, when Brooks came onto Jeopardy to celebrate the 2,000th episode of the beloved quiz show. Thank you, Mr. 2,000-year-old man. By the way, did you have television game shows 2,000 years ago? pulling my cane. Are you kidding? (laughs) We had had this show. This show 2,000 years ago, we had Jeopardy. Jeopardy Jeopardy. 2,000 years? It wasn't such a hippy-pippy happy game then. (laughs) Well, how did you play Jeopardy? Very serious game. The minute you left your cave, Jeopardy. (laughs) Today, Celebrity Jeopardy is hosted by Mayim Bialik. It's a full-fledged tournament with its own time slot. But how did it all begin? 1992 marked the very first Celebrity Jeopardy tournament. It was the brainchild of Jeopardy producers and Alex Trebek. Well, Celebrity Jeopardy came about because all the producers and Alex really realized that there were and are very bright celebrities out there that wanted to or might be interested in showcasing that fact. That's longtime supervising producer Rocky Schmidt. At this time, Alex was purely the host. He was no longer one of the producers on the show, but he did have a few people in mind to cast. While Rocky and Alex were in Hawaii doing a contestant search, they went out to dinner at a restaurant in Honolulu. And at the table next to us was Carol Burnett. And so they started talking and he said, if we do Celebrity Jeopardy, would you play? And she was game for it and said, yes, absolutely. And was, I think, the first solid booking we had. And with that, what was just an idea became reality. This is Celebrity Jeopardy! 
Now entering the studio are today's celebrity contestants. The co-host of Television's Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, Regis Tilden. Abby in the long-running Knott's Landing and the star of the TV movie The President's Child, Donna Mills. And actress, comedian, star of stage, screen, and television, Carol Burnett. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. For that first game, the Jeopardy contestant department had also fulfilled one of Alex's wishes by casting the legendary presenter, Regis Philbin. They came out of the same era. That's former executive producer of Jeopardy, Harry Friedman. They were like-minded in their respect for the audience. And both of them came from that school of hosts that started out as broadcasters. And they wore that title with great pride. So they had a lot in common. And Regis was just a lot of fun. You could not be around Regis and not have fun. What's the charity you're playing for? Uh, Cardinal Hayes High School. That's my old graduate school. of uh, and, that Yes, school? I am a South Bronx. Why do you say that with a, with a question in your voice? <laughs> well, yes, I did graduate from high school. I never had any doubts about that, Regis. The notion that Alex hated celebrities, that was purely an invention of the SNL writers. Alex loved the celebrity version of the show. It, it gave him a chance to meet some people that he had always wanted to meet. So he was a fan of theirs. They were a fan of his. Alex was at the peak of his Jeopardy fame. And as the sleek, mustachioed host of America's favorite quiz show, he was excited about a new iteration of the game. But it was also very interesting to see how some of these immensely powerful people came to the set, and they were a little nervous around Alex. I think he intimidated them a little bit. One celebrity said, I kind of feel like I've come to the principal's office, and I better have the right answers. That wasn't the case for Regis. They were peers. He wasn't intimidated by Alex, but he was experiencing other challenges in the game. Regis was not doing very well with the signaling button. Plus, he came up against two contestants in that episode who were legitimately very smart, Donna Mills and Carol Burnett, who just seemed to know something about everything. Italian food for 300. The Italian word for spring. It describes pasta dishes made with fresh vegetables. Donna. What is primavera? And Alex just departed. This was so unusual for him. He departed from his usual rhythm of the show and asked Regis, excuse me, Regis, could could you press that signaling button for me? Before you get to select again, I would like to ask a favor of Regis. Regis, Can I ask a favor of you, Alex? Is this thing working? (laughs) Thank you for checking. Good. It works. Sure. But I'm talking about on the game. Ah. It works. You don't. Donna. (laughs) Donna, select. I can think of a... Mm, I can think of an answer. I'd give it to him. Italian food for 400. As Celebrity Jeopardy found its groove in subsequent seasons... The production team realized that their potential contestant pool was particularly busy. Bookings were difficult. A lot of times it came down to them saying yes, because a lot of them were scared to do it. And we certainly understood that. They didn't want to look stupid. As actor Simu Liu put it, I'm very nervous because I feel like there's no game show that exposes stupidity the way that Jeopardy does. (laughs) 
And so I, th- I feel like the stakes are very high here. For those that weren't scared to test their knowledge in front of the whole nation, Harry says it was a win, win, win. The first win is for the audience because they get to see celebrities do their best to impress Alex and the other players <laughs> and the viewers. Uh, the win is for the celebrities because they get to demonstrate that they are more than just even the sum of the roles they've played or of the success they've achieved. Uh, And then the third win is for the, the charities that the celebrities are playing for. This is one of the coolest things about Celebrity Jeopardy. Movie stars don't need extra cash, so on Celebrity Jeopardy, the winnings go to a charity of their choice. To date, more than 250 celebrities have competed, and the show has raised close to $11 million for charity. Like Harry said, it's a win-win-win, and Celebrity Jeopardy has historically delivered some of the highest ratings in the quiz show's history. But look, not everybody likes it. There's a contingent of the Jeopardy fan world that doesn't think it takes knowledge seriously enough. And to be fair, when it comes to the game material on Celebrity Jeopardy, Harry Friedman said it plainly. Yeah, (laughs) it is easier. Okay, so Celebrity Jeopardy clues are easier than what you'll find on the regular show. We have some general idea of what some of the celebrities know and what they don't know, but we try to base it on general knowledge. But if you've seen Celebrity Jeopardy, you'll know certain famous folks have struggled just as much as any other Jeopardy contestant, whether they're being bested by the buzzer, struggling with stage fright, or just don't know the answers to the clues. Some prepare, others don't. Some of them are longtime Jeopardy fans, and they know how it works. Others aren't as familiar, and it sometimes shows. In regular Jeopardy, you've probably seen how easy it is for super smart people to not do so well on set. And for celebrities with big profiles, a Jeopardy loss can set them up to fall even faster and harder. Take this moment from a 2022 game with comedians Reggie Watts and Eliza Schlesinger playing against chef Eddie Huang. The hungry eye in North Beach in this California city helped begin the tradition of a red brick wall behind the comic. Reggie. What is the improv? No. Okay. Eliza. What is Hermosa Beach? (laughs) No. What? I'm pretty sure it is. (laughs) Eddie, (laughs) what is San Francisco? But keep in mind, many celebrity contestants are serious contenders on stage 10, like actor Brandon Hunt, who plays the lovably gruff Coach Beard on Ted Lasso. Before that show really took off, Brendan wasn't really a celebrity. He was just another actor, writer, living in Los Angeles, trying to make it in Hollywood. He qualified for regular Jeopardy and made it into the contestant pool, but wasn't called up to compete. Remember, many more people qualify for the regular show than can be used each season. Then, when Ted Lasso premiered at the height of the pandemic, Brendan's star soared, and he finally made it onto Celebrity Jeopardy in early 2023, and he acquitted himself very well. Here's one other way Celebrity Jeopardy differs. When you have public figures on stage, the Jeopardy writers often have more fun with the clues. It's a different sort of ball game when you can have fun with a household name through the writing of a clue. Washington Post 
star reporter, journalist, Bob Woodward was on the show, and as well as was Peggy Noonan. She was Ronald Reagan's speechwriter. And a question went to her uh, about Watergate. D for 800, please. He's the shadowy Watergate source. Two words, four letters and six letters. Peggy. Who is Deep Throat? You are right. Now let's pause. Wait a minute, we're going to pause here, but let's not go away just yet. Bob, we've been waiting over 30 years for this. (laughs) Who is Deep Throat? Come on, you can make headlines once again on national television. How much do I get if I answer? An inconceivable amount of money. He is an inconceivable person. All right, well done. Here's another example of how the writers play with celebrity contestants. Sometimes they'll write out a whole category of clues that sound like they're directly referencing the celebrity. But then it turns out the category is a red herring. How about the time comedian Joel Kim Booster was on? Those sneaky writers titled a category Fire Island. You'd think it was about Booster's film of the same name, or maybe the vacation destination in New York where it was set, but the clues all featured islands that have experienced high temperatures. Who doesn't love a bait-and-switch in the form of wordplay? More after the break. Stay with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The democratic spirit of jeopardy, the idea that anyone with a penchant for knowledge can make their way to stage 10 and maybe even succeed, that's what keeps the game engaging, timeless, and accessible, really, for anyone with a mind for trivia. Yeah, there are professors, doctors, and lawyers, but there are also administrative assistants, rideshare drivers, and bartenders who dominate the game. But There's also something funny about seeing extremely familiar faces behind the lecterns. Whether the famous folks are jockeying for daily doubles, sweating through their face powder, or nervously bumbling through an interview with Alex Trebek. Here's host Mayim Bialik. The rhythm of the game is very different because they banter a lot. It definitely changes, you know, the rhythm for me because I was often having to stifle um, laughing really hard because there's some really really funny people that we had on. And also sometimes with actors, when they get things wrong, they get funnier. Like this moment from a Celebrity Jeopardy game with actors Michael Sarah, Brianne Howie, and Zoe Chow when Brianne brought her fellow contestant in on the final Jeopardy action. Calling him the embodiment of pure intellect, in December 1999, Time magazine named him Person of the Century. You have 30 seconds. Good luck. Let's begin with Brienne. Oh, fabulous. (laughs) What did you come up with? Who is Michael (laughs) Sarah? Unfortunately, that is not correct. 
The correct response, Albert Einstein. Like with any game of Jeopardy, you can't predict how every game will go and which celebrities will rise to the top of the contestant pool. It seemed even more so in the early years that the athletes wanted to disprove the dumb jock stereotype, and they usually did that extremely well. That's former EP Harry Friedman. He's one of the greatest NBA players in history. Here's Hall of Famer and the NBA's all-time leading scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not only is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar considered one of the best basketball players of all time, but he's a well-known author and public intellectual and thrice-over contestant on Celebrity Jeopardy. This man's 1807 steamboat run up the Hudson led to an 1824 Supreme Court decision on interstate commerce. Kareem. Who was Fulton? Robert Fulton is right. You're back on the He was awesome, just absolutely awesome in the realm of his knowledge, being a voracious reader that he is and just innately smart. Plus, you've got to think about how often an athlete can just kill it on the buzzer. Reaction time, am I right? But it's not just jocks proving their smarts, as Harry remembers. Probably the best example of that is Cheech Marin, who came on the show and everyone thought, what is he doing on Jeopardy? And he's just, you know, a comedian and a stoner. Actor Michael McKeon thought the same thing when he competed against Cheech, too. You know, you go, oh, man, this guy's been smoking pot since 1961. How, how hard is this going to be? Not so fast. Biblical sense, 600. In Genesis, he tells God, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Cheech, who is Adam, correct? Well, it turns out he's an accomplished artist and world-class art collector and very smart. Cheech Marin wasn't just good. Remember that very first Celebrity Jeopardy tournament? That game with Regis Philbin, Carol Burnett, and Donna Mills? Cheech fleeced the competition in that tournament and took home the crown, becoming the first Celebrity Jeopardy grand champion. Michael McKeon isn't the only contestant to underestimate Cheech. News anchor Anderson Cooper has been on the show four times and played against Cheech in a quarterfinal game of the 2009-2010 Million Dollar Celebrity Invitational. After that game, Anderson went on the Ellen DeGeneres show to relive his worst moments. I was against Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong, and I got really cocky because I was like, I mean, come on, Cheech Marin, he's, you know, the synapses can't, you know, he's been smoking a lot. The synapses can't be really sharp. I'm going to kill him. I went on. He destroyed me. He just, he, he's so fast on the buzzer and he's so smart. He knows everything. Cheech credits his Jeopardy appearances for more than just the glory of the win and the donations to charity. He has, has said many times that his appearance on Jeopardy changed his life. It sent his career in a different direction. Cheech has said that being on Jeopardy made people take him more seriously. They realized he was a true Renaissance man. He even began to take on new roles outside of comedy, like in the 2016 thriller Dark Harvest and the 2023 historical drama The Long Game. For Harry Friedman, a lot was on the line in 1997 for the very first Celebrity Jeopardy Power Players Week in Washington, D.C. 
From Washington, D.C., this is Power Players Week on Jeopardy! Here are tonight's celebrity guests. Power Players was like any other celebrity Jeopardy tournament, but with some extra meat on the bone. It was set in the nation's capital and populated by plenty of pundits and politicians, and all the pressure for a successful week was sitting on Harry's shoulders. We did have a lot to prove. We needed to prove that we could successfully do Jeopardy on the road and do it without a lot of technical glitches. That that the show could attract some really, really big names from the world of politics and the media. Some of those big names, they included Reverend Jesse Jackson Jr., former White House Press Secretary D.D. Myers, novelist Tom Clancy, and Colorado Congresswoman Pat Schroeder. Since Power Players was taping in D.C., there were even opportunities for some extra special cameos like this Final Jeopardy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The category for Final Jeopardy is the U.S. Senate. And because we're in Washington, D.C., I would like to present this clue as if I were presenting a bill in Congress. But I'm not qualified to do that, so I'm going to need some help. I need somebody who is recognized, somebody who has the credentials, somebody who has... uh, Well, look at that. Here is Senator McCain. category is U.S. Senate. In 1958, the U.S. Senate was made up of this many members. You have 30 seconds. By the way, that answer is 96. But none of the contestants got this final Jeopardy. Not Tavis Smiley, not Christy Todd Whitman, or Tim Russert. Just like on the regular show, they just couldn't summon that right response in time. We've talked about a few winners in Celebrity Jeopardy, but with over 250 names in contention, who reigns undefeated? Whoever it is must know a lot. To not know what the little groove underneath your nose is called, who cares? More after the break. There is something about being focused on on the chore, being focused on what you're there to do, that kind of takes all other responsibilities away. My name is Michael McKeon. I've been watching Jeopardy since I was in high school, when Art Fleming took us through the Stone Age of a set platform. And uh, I've always watched the damn show. Years before actor-comedian Michael McKeon made his name in showbiz, he was a nerdy, musically-minded teen growing up on Long Island. When I watched Jeopardy, I was generally alone. And, you know, I was just this kid, you know, with a lot of time on his hands, a guitar, and bad skin. And that was my life. Michael's career spans decades, from his breakthrough role as Lenny on Laverne and Shirley in the 1970s. Hey, you know, I'd be glad to hang around and help all you girls get these decorations up. No, no, no to his appearances as a cast member on Saturday Night Live in the 90s. Not to mention his iconic roles in many of Christopher Guest's mockumentaries from Waiting for Guffman to A Mighty Wind and Best in Show. The palm was no problem. Oh, no. Palm broke his gate. He might as well have taken a dump. (laughs) That little Yorkie, you know, I was amazed she finished out of the money. Who knew? A year before Michael McKeon would appear as Stefan Vanderhoof in the unforgettable Best in Show, the Jeopardy! contestant department reached out. In 1990, 
2009, they approached me to do the show. I said, this is amazing. And they said, well, hold on now. We got enough people, but we just need a standby. In the end, Michael made it off the standby list. From the Sony Picture Studios, this is Celebrity Jeopardy. And now, here are today's celebrity guests. He plays Paul Lasseter, the hard-pressed press secretary to the mayor of New York on the ABC sitcom Spin City. Please welcome Richard Pine. She won an Emmy for her portrayal of Eleanor Frutt on the ABC legal drama The Practice. Here's Cameron Mannheim. He's the film and television comic who hosts Comedy Central's Uncomfortably Close with Michael Makia. Here's Michael Makia. As a contestant, Michael was cool, calm, collected, and he knew his stuff. S words for 500. A complete sentence needs a predicate and one of these. Michael? What is a subject? Right. This sushi ingredient must be extremely fresh to be served raw. Michael. What is shrimp? Yeah. Swords for 800. The swords the Romans and Vikings used had this quality, which could probably work for them or against them. Michael? What is uh, double-edged? And then the moment arrived. It was time for final jeopardy. I think Richard was in the lead, and the thing came up, and it's sports. And <laughs> Richard turns to me, and he goes, that's it. I lose. I, I'm going to lose this. And I said, Richard, uh, I think we're both going to lose. I don't know anything about international sports. Here comes the clue. Jan Ulrich, the only German ever to win this event, has been nicknamed Der Terminator. 30 seconds. Good luck. Now we come to Michael McKean. He had 8,900. His response was, what is the Tour de France? Jan Ulrich won it in 1997. That was Annette O'Toole, Michael's wife, out there in the audience. He risked 6,500, so he has the lead with 15,400 as we go to Richard. In case you missed it, as Alex pointed out, that shriek in the background was actress Annette O'Toole, who is also Michael's wife and a fellow Jeopardy enthusiast. To this day, Michael and Annette have a nightly routine of sitting down for Jeopardy together. When we watch Jeopardy now, my wife and I, we're, we have equal blindness in some of the same areas. Geography comes up and we just go, no, no, we're not going to be able to answer any of those. So when it was time to prep for his own turn on stage 10, he knew just what to focus on. I drilled myself on, you know, state capitals, world leaders, and all these things I didn't have at the tip of my tongue. So I was ready to go. But besides prepping the way many other contestants do, Michael just has a head for random facts, like all great Jeopardy contestants. Some knowledge is more important than others. I mean, to not know what the Nuremberg trials was about, that's not a good thing. That's a hole in your learning. To not know what the little groove underneath your nose is called... Who cares? I mean, I actually know what it is, of course, or else I wouldn't have brought it up. It's called the philtrum. You don't need to know that, but if you just happen to remember it, you go, philtrum is this, and the hard things on the end of your shoelaces are aglets. Now, there's no real use for that unless you want to tell somebody. <laughs> and Michael has what may be a secret weapon, 
uh, I cut the end of my right thumb off with a table saw, not intentionally, uh, when I was 18. And, you know, there was too, too little of it to sew back on, so they just kind of let it go. And I have this weird gimp thumb. It's a little short. But uh, uh, I think maybe having a little less weight, there's not as much <laughs> pull against the downward move movement. I listen, I'm not a physicist. I mean, neither am I, but we dove deep into buzzer land on this show. And as you probably know by now, any number of things could be an advantage in terms of buzzer speed. In 2006, Michael took the Celebrity Jeopardy stage again, this time facing off against actor Hill Harper and Secretary of Education Margaret Spellings. The Secretary of Education. He was up against it. One legend says that this magician who helped King Arthur used his powers to build Stonehenge. Michael, who's Merlin, right? Uh, Stonehenge 800. Remember how Jeopardy writers like to wink at their celeb contestants with special material? Well, Stonehenge plays a famously comic role in McKeon's classic film, This is Spinal Tap, which makes this category pretty fun to watch. Today, some archaeologists believe that Stonehenge was used to track and observe these two heavenly bodies. Michael? What are the sun and the moon? Yes. Uh, Henge, 1,000. During the summer solstice, modern-day people who act like these Celtic priests hold ceremonies at Stonehenge. Michael? Who are the Druids? Druids, yes, indeed. I, I beat him pretty good, as I recall. I was just, I think it was better on the button. Yeah, damn. That is buzzer domination. In 2010, the biggest moment of Michael's Jeopardy career presented itself in the form of the Million Dollar Celebrity Invitational, where contestants would compete for a million dollars to donate to the charity of their choice. The stakes, they were higher than ever. This is the Million Dollar Celebrity Invitational. I kept winning until I got to the Million Dollar Show when I was up against Jane Curtin and Cheech Marin. This Aussie actress had a daughter on July 7th, 2008, a Monday, but named her Sunday Rose. Cheech. Uh, who is Nicole Kidman? Yes. This Asian country originated capsule hotels like the one seen here. Jane? What is Japan? Yep. Exodus chapter 16, verse 31 says, the taste of this bread that rained down on the Israelites was like wafers made with honey. Michael? What is manna? Manna, right you are. Cheech and Jane are just, they're sharks. They were very tough. At the end of the Jeopardy round, Cheech, former Celebrity Jeopardy champion from the 1992 tournament, was in the lead with $3,600. And even though Cheech was the only one to get Final Jeopardy correct, remember, this was a two-day total point affair for the finals. So when Cheech, Jane, and Michael's points were tallied up for the win, they went across both days. And with all of that and Michael's clever wagering, Michael was crowned champion. Yesterday, he earned 31600 which gives him a two-day total of 35700 which means that his charity, the International Myeloma Foundation, will be receiving $1 million. And Jane's U.S. Fund for UNICEF, 250000 And Cheech, 
The Hispanic Scholarship Fund, 100,000. Michael, congratulations. Oh, it's a hey, the streak, the streak is alive. He has never lost on Jeopardy. Michael McKeon is one of an elite squad. He is a real beast, almost untouchable. If only Andy Richter had had a chance to best him at the buzzer. Um, let's do uh, the Wild West for 200. The Oregon, Mormon, and Old Spanish were famous these via which settlers from points east reached the west. Andy. What are trails? That's right. Uh, the Wild West for 300. Seen here, this vehicle that gave way to the railroad was the subject of many a western movie. Andy. What is a stagecoach? Yes. Uh, Wild West for 400, please. Deadwood is in South Dakota. This other fatal-sounding town, notorious for Old West gunfights, is in Arizona. Andy. What is Tombstone? That's right. Uh, Wild West for 500. Based on this nickname, frontierswoman Martha Jane Cannery must have brought trouble along with her. Andy. Who is Calamity Jane? That's her. Uh, the Wild West for 100. The autobiography of former slave Nat Love tells of his days of riding, roping, and shooting as a famous one of these. Andy. What is Cowboy? That's right. You just ran that category. That was... Uh. <laughs> In the 2010 Million Dollar Celebrity Invitational, Andy had to leave prematurely. Something to do with a little late-night TV situation. But I couldn't come back for the semifinals because uh, Conan and I had lost The Tonight Show and he was prohibited from being on television. So we went on tour in order to keep the band paid, which was really fun, but I would have liked to have played. Andy Richter did get a second chance at Celebrity Jeopardy in 2022, and he finally got taken down in the quarterfinals. He was dominating the game in a ridiculous fashion, crushing celebrity opponents left and right. But in a stunning upset, actress Simu Liu took him out. What did you write down? Oh, uh, what is Vatican City? That is correct. Oh, wow. Surrounded by Rome. Vatican City is correct. Oh, man. Simu, how much did you wager? Uh, I wagered all of it. Wow. Yeah. All right. That gives you $23,200 and puts you in the lead for the moment. Let's go over to Andy Richter. Andy, did you come up with Vatican City? You did not. Ooh. What is Liechtenstein? That is not correct. And how much did you wager? 2200 that gives you $18,900. Simu Liu, you are our new Jeopardy champion. You are advancing to the semifinals. Congratulations. I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting that. But that's the beauty of the game. Every single game, every set of contestants is different. So it leaves open a lot of shoulda, woulda, and couldas. And even today, Michael McKeon still thinks about how things might have gone if Andy's schedule had allowed. I would have been toast. I watched him do at least two games from the monitors. I watched him just take them apart. I mean, he was just, he knew everything. He was great on the button. He threw himself into it and he was awesome. So uh, he would have won the million dollars. Rematch anyone? Thank you so much for listening to This Is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This will be our last episode for a little while, but please check out any of the other episodes you might have missed along the way. 
This is Jeopardy! The story of America's favorite quiz show is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. It's hosted by me, Buzzy Cohen. This episode was produced by Mia Warren. The series producers are Julia Doyle, Rob Dozier, and Mia Warren. Associate producer is Serena Chow. Our series editor is Sarah Kramer. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, Sarah Kramer, Michael Davies, and Suzanne Preddy. Production management help from Susanya Davenport and Tamika Balance-Kolosny. Our theme song was composed by Hannes Brown. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Special thanks to Charlie Yetter and Steve Ackerman. And a big, big thank you to the Jeopardy staff and crew for all of their time and help on this. Shout out to Alexa Machia. If you love the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>